You're listening to the City Lights Equipping Podcast, where we are helping you identify your next step in exalting Jesus and extending the kingdom of heaven right where you are. If this podcast encourages or challenges you, please leave us feedback on our iTunes channel and share on your social media to help more people discover the very same things that are stirring you in your walk with the Lord. Welcome to the City Lights Equipping Podcast. We are aiming our aim, our fire at helping you identify and take your next step of faith with Jesus. Today we're going to be talking about truth, forgiveness, responsibility, ultimately peacemaking. My name is Chris Armfield, and this is my good fellow friend and my right-hand man, Oliver Wong, hey, how are you, hey sir? Guys, so great to be here. This is your fun friend Oliver, and uh, I'm just at your right hand right now. You and me. It is true. Are in my office, and we're having a great day today. Tell me what's good. Well, uh, I'm excited about Clemson winning. Oh my! I feel goodness. like me and Dabo understand each other. Uh, you do? No, we're nothing alike. Okay, but I was going to say, I just appreciate him. I, I, yeah. He probably doesn't know who I am, but I know who he is, and I love that game. And listen, you don't have to turn off the podcast. We're not going to really talk much more about Clemson, but hey, we're going to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. So Clemson mm-hmm. fans are happy. Other team uh, people's fanship is not super happy, but that's okay. You yeah, know, it's yeah. all right. Those topics you talked about earlier, truth, forgiveness, responsibility, those were um, follow-ups. I got a lot of great feedback on um, Family Sunday sermon that was about yeah. family and how the, the Lord loves families, supports families, designed families for revival and and um, His movement to flow through the kingdom to flow through families, not in bloodline families, that is. And one of the ap- application steps was about uh, truth, forgiveness, and responsibility, and what does that actually look like? And one of the things we want to do on podcasts is really help uh, look at practical next steps of, of how does that look and how does that work not only in our uh, bloodline family, but also our church family, our groups, our friendships, and so forth. Speaking of family, groups, mm-hmm. church, and practical um, apps, uh, I noticed this week I got a text that had a picture of Joel Osteen on it, but it said <laughs> City Lights on it. And somebody said, what's this all about? And I go, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I looked. It was a City Lights Equipping podcast, and one of the things we've asked is uh, if this is an encouragement to you, share it. And so a sweet, sweet soul in our church was really excited about the podcast and yeah, shared I it, saw it, and she had no idea that Joel Osteen's face would be on it. My and butterflies so, started moving. I don't know what was happening, but I was elated. I felt yeah. honored that that picture was on there. Well, course. people were saying, like, is he one of the new pastors here at City Lights? Confusion. And, I, yeah, you know, I once every that. seven years, Joel makes an appearance. Yeah. Uh, but we've only been a church for four, so don't worry. I know you're on his radio, and I knew you were connected. I didn't know that you were that connected all the way out to Texas, but well Listen, done. Listen, what we want to say is thank you for sharing. Yeah. Uh, actually, that podcast, because of that picture, I found out that many people outside of just uh, City Lights church walls have been listening. So it was really funny because a bunch of people texted me about it, who and I talked to me about it, who actually don't come to our church. But anyway, this this really is an equipping podcast for, for everybody. And so yeah, thank you for it sharing is. it. We're going to ask you to do that. You know, every week, if it's helpful um, to you, it'll be helpful to somebody else. Why don't we go ahead and jump in for our topic of the day? Our topic is called peacemaking. That's mm-hmm. uh, what our goal is. And in the past, uh, past podcasts, we've talked about peacekeeping. But today we're going to talk about peacemaking, and they're different. Um, Oliver, tell us a little bit. In, yeah. in short, um, why are they different? I really do believe that peacekeeping is the best that we can do um, without Christ whenever we come to conflict. Mm. Conflict at the global sense, conflict at the individual or family sense. Hmm. Peace, peacekeeping is the best we can do without Christ 
Um, and they call it peacemaking. There's actually new classes that have emerged in different colleges and professions to help to keep cre- create peacemaking. But I honestly believe in reading the scriptures, because Jesus is the Prince of Peace, there's no peace without him. There's just no way mm. that I can create peace mm. out of conflict between friends, countries, nations, anything else, mm. at any scale, at any level, without Jesus Christ. He is the only source of mm. peace for peace that remains. Wow. Well, that that's already pretty stirring uh, for me. Uh, the, all those ums and ahs were legit. They were mm-hmm. fresh. They're real. Uh, so that's our topic, peacemaking. I'm really excited to jump in based on what you just said. I mean, not to sound trite or Christian-y, but Jesus really is the center. He's the difference that's maker. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's our topic. And, you know, every week we meet or every time there's a podcast, there's a topic, but then there's also, we're asking the question, well, what do the scriptures say? Mm-hmm. Uh, what What's the Bible telling us about this? And the scriptures are really clear about peace. Uh, two passages I want to draw our attention to. First is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Uh, let me read that. It says, Let there be real harmony so that there won't be any splits in the church or divisions among you, like, you know, city groups or a gathering of Christian people together. And it says, goes on to say, be of one mind, united in your thoughts and your purpose. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned Jesus makes the difference. Uh, peacemaking is not possible without him. I think it comes down to an identity issue. And identity in Matthew 5, 9, it, it really tells all of us as Christians what our identity is. I mean, listen to this, Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus says, for they will be called sons of God. And that's a pretty profound statement, really, if you think about it, because he's saying peacemakers are sons of God, but then sons of God will be peacemakers. Mm-hmm. It's really part of our fabric in right. Christ, right? I mean, that's that's pretty right. significant. It's, it's who identity. We are. Yeah. yeah. It's who we are. Yeah. Um, I think I've used this statement before in just kind of a joking way for youth group and equipment environment and other places. But my dad used to tell me growing up, Wongs work hard. Oh, You're I've a Wong, you, you work hard. It, yep. If you work hard, that's a Wong trait. And so, hmm. yeah, absolutely. I don't think that truly we can be a peacemaker without Christ. And if hmm. we know Christ, we do join into that initiative of bringing, as the Jews say, shalom into chaos and to bring peace in every... I believe hmm. that every conflict that we have in and around our lives, especially ones directly related to us and our sphere of influence... Every conflict, there is hidden an opportunity for a great and lasting peace because mm. of what Christ has done on the cross. It's a huge, huge deal. Um, there's an analogy that I would love to use today just to kind of frame our uh, reference point. A.W. A. Tozer talks about just the nature of um, and the importance of calibrating um, to Christ and not playing that game of uh, telephone or echo or echo of calibrating to someone else, but mm. calibrating to Christ. In this sense, in the name of peace, if you and me, let's say, were trying to get on the same page and find peace between us, if let's say mm-hmm. you or me were in a conflict, mm-hmm. it would be a lot like if we came to uh, a music rehearsal with pianos tuned to different keys or pianos out of tune because of the transportation and so forth. We've, we're out of tune to each other. Um, in this sense, Tozer would say if we had two pianos, or let's say 100 pianos, I think is actually what he says, instead of you tuning to my piano, and then Timothy t- tuning to your piano, and then Emily tuning to his piano, and then Kyra turning to Emily's piano, and so forth, we would eventually see kind of a residual drift from the original pitch. Right. We would see um, a lack of the original authenticity and truth to the tone that we need, the key yeah. that we need. So what needs to happen instead of you tuning to me and down the line in a domino effect is actually that we would all gather around one single tuning fork, mm. one pitch, that we would hear the key of E mm. played on the on the piano of Christ mm. in that analogy following along. And, and each of us, one by one, in, in our effort and our responsibility to be peacemakers everywhere mm. that we go, is to constantly ask the question, am, am I aligned to Christ? Mm. Is my heart tuned to the pitch of God? Mm. And that's what we're doing each and every time. When you and me get into a conflict, it's not, hey, Chris, 
follow my lead. You'd get on my page. You tune to my piano. Mm. That's oftentimes how we get into fights. Or you come to mm. me and you're like, hey, you're off. You need to tune to my piano. Mm. Let's all stop. And I think in peacemaking, instead of looking at ourselves or what the other person is doing, we're looking to Christ. That's our only option. It's our only opportunity to do what he's called us to do, which is to bring shalom into chaos and mm. bring peace that can remain. So if we're part of the family of God, mm-hmm. peacemakers are sons and sons are peacemakers, mm-hmm. then... What I'm hearing is um, we're all one family, and so we're not taking sides. Right. It's the family motto, the family agenda, the family rule, the house rules. There's, like you mentioned, there's a, a single tuner. Right. Um, this is a question, Oliver, for you. It's going to be on the fly, and podcast listener for you. Yeah. How do you find that tuner? <laughs> uh, like, how how do we tune ourselves with Jesus? And I mean it in a practical sense. Like, I, I actually mean that, Oliver. How how do you align yourself? with Jesus. I hope podcast listener, you can think of an answer and hopefully it'll come up pretty quick. My challenge is, so I want to hear your answer, but my challenge following up is going to be how then can you plug into that tune of following Jesus in the midst of a heated confrontation mm-hmm. and where there lacks peace. So practically, Oliver, I know it's a side note right now, but how, how do you do that personally? Yeah. How do you stay plugged in? Well, this scripture that we um, we have outlined on our notes, we definitely want to talk about this Philippians 2 in response to that question. Each of you okay. should not only look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So it's not that we're not listening to other pianos and we're not listening to our own piano. Those are essentials for the tuning process. But the point is that in part B of that verse, it says your attitude should be the same as Christ mm-hmm, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So peacekeeping is me just trying to rearrange the problem so they stop you know, being off tune, which is ultimately impossible. Peacemaking is actually a proactive, visionary mm. um, stance of of creating a new reality. It's mm-hmm. not solving a problem. It's creating a better solution. Mm. It's keeping your eyes on Christ. So as far as the practicals of that go, I don't believe there's any shortcut. I mean, when it calls you to have mm. the same mind as Christ, you're thinking of Romans 12 and transforming your mind to yeah. that of the kingdom of God. It takes a lifetime of discipleship. It takes a lifetime of studying the scriptures, of understanding mm. his values. And this just goes back to show you almost in the reactive way, which we never want to be, but in the reactive way, when you get into a place in your life of dead end where you're seeing dead-end relationships, you're constantly seeing problems and tumult in every area you're looking, you're probably ultimately seeing the fruit of a deeper root. I don't know what Christ's truth is. Mm. I'm not in harmony with him. Mm. And so it just gives us an opportunity to go back to the source Mm. um, and focus on really... Uh, that's the true problem then is not that I have people around me that are causing yeah. me, you know, emotional nausea, so to speak, but it's that I, I have a deeper symptom at hand and I'm not in harmony with Christ. And I need to figure that out because that's the only real problem that I have. Mm. Um, he brings peace into every every situation. So mm. I know that's not as practical as, as we'd like to get sometimes on this podcast, but I really do believe it is a lifetime process of studying the yeah. scriptures to understand what the kingdom of God actually looks like. And I'd say whether you've been a seasoned uh, follower of Christ, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, or, you know, 35 minutes, uh, Christ is with you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's here and he is, he's reliable. He's trustworthy. And I think for me, that sounds like it's the, the truth to trust today, a principle slash truth to trust would just simply be that Jesus brings provision with his presence. He, when he brings his presence and we acknowledge his presence, he's bringing provision, but that provision will lead to peace Mm -hmm. because his kingdoms of peace we're peacemakers, we're sons, sons are peacemakers. So all tied together, the truth to trust today would be that his presence brings 
peace, the provision of peace into that situation. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So let me let me summarize. We've already talked about a lot, but let me summarize so far. So our, remember, today we're talking about what it looks like to be a peacemaker, mm-hmm. okay? And the truth to trust, I just mentioned, but basically where there's a problem, God brings a peaceful solution. Meaning, if there's a problem, acknowledge God's presence. God's presence is, uh, he brings a kingdom of peace. So God's presence brings a peaceful solution provision. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening. So those are clear spiritual relational principles, if you will, to trust. Uh, Why don't we get really practical now? Like, how do we make this piece? How do we make this piece stick? Like, what's, what are some practical Mm -hmm. handles, if you will, for this, Oliver? Yeah, I think one of the first things that a peacemaker does um, in understanding that opportunity that in this problem hidden in there somewhere is in plain sight, really, a hidden solution. It's a hidden vision that Christ is giving us. He wants us to find peace, and therefore I do believe he provides it in his presence. One of the first things that we can do, um, I believe, is to identify the problem within the presence of Jesus. We're not leaving his presence, but we just want to identify the problem, even if it's brutal, even if it's hard, even if it's going to be hard for me to hear or hard for others to hear. We want to identify what we believe is the closest to the root of the problem. And the reason why that's important is because if you and me are not identifying the problem together, then we're probably not going to find the same solution. If we have different problems that we're thinking that we have inside the relationship, we probably won't ultimately be able to solve it. So I think step one is to being crystal clear about what is actually causing the hurt the pain, the confusion, the suspicion, the issue. Yeah. If both of us are powerful people that are proactive and trying to be peacemakers, especially within the church, there should be no problem, absolutely no problem, identifying a, a really important problem, the root problem, and ultimately the solution. So, mm. for example, if you're just talking about, you know, in a marriage, this is just a trite and simple, clean example, but, you know, we... Um, there's chores in the house and one of us was supposed to do the dishes and I've been slacking on the dishes and I didn't do it and Kyra wants to talk to me about it. Um what the best thing to do then is to just start talking about the dishes. What it can tend to do though, Mm. and this is why I bring it up, is it can kind of drift and it can start to turn into really um, an indictment of other people's character. Mm -hmm. You always do this or you're so lazy Mm. or you you don't know how to serve. You're not a true servant, Mm. you know, the way that Christ is a servant and you're supposed to lay your life down for me as, as my husband and that sort of thing. And it gets into these motives. Well, I've heard a pastor say, once you get into defining some of these motives, you step into the spirit of stupid <laughs> because my job, <laughs> my job in communication is to communicate uh-huh. my heart and my actions and connect those two. And then if anything, ask about somebody else's actions, Whoa. but never really assume somebody's heart. When mm. I get into the area of judging somebody else's heart, I really forfeited a lot of that Matthew five, you know, the speck and the wood and the plank mm-hmm. in somebody else's eye, I've really, you know, stepped into the judgment. Mm. So my, my job is simply to ask about people's motives behind mm. their actions. Let's get the actions on the table. Let's be black and white. When you didn't do the dishes, how many times? Oh, just once. Okay. Just on Monday, this is how I began to feel. So mm. it's never an always a never statement. And we get a clean problem that both of us as intelligent, hopeful, loving, uh, responsible people on both sides of the relationship can start to move towards a healthy solution. Why? Because we have identified what the problem is. Mm. So many times I think we don't identify, and so then we start shooting and firing, moving into judging people's hearts, and that's how World War Three happens in the living room. So, you know, <laughs> not that I've been there or anything like that. Not that I know from experience. You even have you know, a name for don't it. Don't even you have, have a name. You have a name for it. Yeah, right. Well, I, I think you just really 
clarified something that's really helpful for us. Obviously, defining the problem. I love how you said define the problem within his presence. Just because there's conflict doesn't mean God left. Right. Uh, just because you're the one at fault and you know it doesn't mean God's you know fed up with you and leaving. In the midst of his presence or the tuner, the tuner that leads to peace, uh, define the problem. I, I love how you talked about asking questions. I think you said like, don't assume someone else's heart. And you started to say, you know, ask questions about mm-hmm. it. And I, I really think that you've already got us in that next step, which is solution, right? right? I mean, one of the best ways to get to solution is ask questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, it helps you see things you think you see that you might not. Um, and and so it gives the person an opportunity to explain themselves. I know for me, when I ask somebody questions, it's rare that when they answer, I had it all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think I do. And I'm asking the questions because I believe this principle. Ask questions, don't assume. It's a safe route. It's a respectful route. It's an honoring route. I mean, it, these are the guardrails of fights for me in relationships. But I do it really as a, as a motion, like a trusted motion. Like, oh, ask a question, don't assume. And every single time, if you could see, if I could print out what I was going to say versus what they explained, it would have been different. But I, even though I'm doing that, Oliver, my confession is, and podcast listener, my confession is, my emotions already started to respond to my assumptions. Mm. They did. Right. But when I asked the questions, it unearthed uh, my emotions, and I they weren't out of control. I was able to say, wow, I thought this was what you were doing. This is why you did it. And I, you know, that's why I was angry. I didn't even have a reason to be angry with you. So it's, it really brings about humility. I mean, that's one of the byproducts of trying to understand people is it brings about humility. It's one of my favorite things yeah. that Peter said, actually, in the scriptures. Um, a lot of times when I'm working with couples in marriage about this, uh, I use this passage. Mm-hmm. And Peter says that we're to love others in an understanding way. Yeah. And what that, the way to say that, the really helpful is when you're uh, talking with somebody, are you trying to get them to understand you? Right. Because that's not what Peter's saying. Peter's right. not saying like, hey, try to really love others by getting them to understand you. He's going, no, no, love others by understanding them. Yeah. And that's significant. How do you do it? I'll just, I think one of the best recommendations is ask questions. Mm-hmm. The other thing, just in case you don't even feel like you have to ask a question, because you know that you know that you know what their motive was. <laughs> it just sounds like you're believing, uh, and I, I don't want to just use secular words. It's not that you're just believing the worst about that person, but you're believing the fallen nature of that person rather than believing Christ in them. So I would say like this, if you're being confronted, would it, what would it take for you to choose to believe that that person is actually making an effort to live in peace with you, even if it doesn't feel like it, and it doesn't sound like it, and it doesn't seem like it's their goal? What would it look for, like for you to just go, wait a minute, I know Christ in them wouldn't be trying to hurt me. Christ in them wouldn't be bitter. So though they come across that way, I'm not going to respond to them That's based really on what good. I feel. I'm going to base I'm going to respond to them based on what I know Christ is in them. And the same thing can be done for ourselves. Yeah. If we're confronting somebody, you know, we can ask ourselves those exact same things. So for me, as we're moving towards a solution, I think, you know, if you think about it like a go-kart track, the side walls after you define the problem, the things that will help you on the solution, one side can be questions and the other side could be gospel. So they're not ditches. They're things that kind of bounce off. Uh, don't mm-hmm. assume, ask questions. Don't accuse, believe gospel. And and really, you're looking at the gospel in someone, the spirit in someone. You're not getting caught on the, the outwards of things. Right. I've heard people say before that a lot of times for ourselves, we want other people to trust us and guide and look at us through the lens of trust. Whereas we're more predisposed to viewing other people through the lens of suspicion. So interesting. Um, and so we mm. almost have a different ruler for the way we treat others than the way we expect to be treated. Let's right. say I show up to a meeting and I'm 10 minutes late. 
um, Chris has an opportunity there because he has a gap then. He has a gap in understanding about why was he late. Right. Um, if Chris is late, there's a great reason. I mean, you know, potentially Chris just had to drop off um, Annabelle at school, and that's exactly why he was 10 minutes late. It has nothing to do with malintent or negligence mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. lack of competency. Something came up. Mm-hmm. Well, um, he's going to come into that experience hoping that I trust him, but I, if I'm the leader of that meeting, might view him through suspicion. Right. So I hear what you're saying, Chris, in those in those questions is that we are empowering the voice of trust over suspicion. If there's ever a gap between what yeah. you know and what you expect or what you think you know about something, filling that gap with questions rather mm-hmm. than assumptions is one of the best things that we can do in the name of peacemaking well, on a practical level. I think, you know... It's easier to do with relationships that, I hate to say it, that are really valuable to you. Uh-huh. You know, and I think because of the gospel, um, because what Jesus did for me, I, I feel like I can't, I can't help but do that for you. I, I, it's easier for you because you're a trusted right. friend, but everybody's valuable, right? right. I mean, and so, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that's our last step, too, is defining yeah. the relationship. And I think to, sometimes we see a relationship not worth it, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to work hard to make sure. peace. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. mean, could you talk to us about... How, how does the relationship play a part in, you know, define the problem or navigating a solution? And then, you know, if the relationship isn't worth much, can we peace out or, you know, do we bring peace in? What, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would, it's hard to say without practicals, but there are certain things like if a bank teller is snooty to you or um, mm-hmm. if a waiter, you know, rolls their eyes at you because you ask too many questions or whatever <laughs> it is like, you know, there are certain relationships that are just are passing and you have to sort of budget your time, your mm-hmm. emotional energy and your resource and sort of think, is this a permanent relationship versus one that's just kind of passing? And mm-hmm. I treat permanent and passing relationships differently. And I'm sure you do too. Yeah. Um, but as far as those valuable pieces of those valuable permanent relationships, family relationships that we're really focused on here in terms of peacemaking, I would always want to define the relationship before and after. I want you to know, Chris, Mm -hmm. you're a trusted mentor to me. You're Mm -hmm. somebody I've looked up to for a long, long time. Um, And this is just something I'm seeing get in the way of our relationship, and I want it to grow and thrive. So the reason I'm even taking the time right here, and that's what I'll say, is like, I hope you see this as a compliment. I'm bringing this to the forefront because I want us to grow stronger. Mm. And actually, true... Uh, uh, connection and true commitment is oftentimes found on the other end of conflict. It's that sometimes like when we're buddy-buddy and kind of we're in the honeymoon phase with your spouse, you're not hitting that conflict place. But conflict is actually where we we, we begin to actually form our teamwork. It's where you, you know, we begin to see where the play lines up, where you bring the ball up and pass it to me and we're defining the play and the sports analogy there. So I think defining the relationship on the front and the back end really just helps to communicate well and helps to move us and take that conflict and invest us forward into a really, really healthy um, dynamic. But but one thing that I think that I want to touch on before we move on um, to closing here for defining the relationship is I think at the end of that DTR um, can come a really healthy conversation about boundaries. And I brought that up on Sunday. I think a lot of times we think of boundaries as something anti-gospel. You know, I, hmm. I, I owe everybody Christ, and so therefore I just owe everybody everything. Um, it is true that we want to give we want to give the extra jacket to the person that tries to rob from us. We want to mm. walk the extra mile. We want to turn the extra to turn the other cheek for sure. There's a level of I lay down all boundaries once I pick up the cross of Christ mm. for sure. But here's the key though. It's the it's the key of presence. Back to the issue of presence. Am I doing it because I have a fear of man issue, or am I doing it because Christ told me to do so? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, nobody took Christ's life from him. He laid it down on his own accord, mm-hmm. and he did it according to, according to what his Father told him to do. Mm-hmm. So it does come back to presence. It's not that I'm just giving everything to everyone that ever asks and never 
you know, defending a boundary. The Old Testament talks about a boundary line. And it says it's an aberration to move the boundary line. Boundary lines are good. They define where my responsibilities and where my rights lie within family and government. Mm-hmm. So boundaries are important to define because they help healthy conversations and relationships to thrive and to flow. So with regard to boundaries, I'll say this. I'll give you an illustration. Uh, a long time ago, my friend and his wife were in a conflict. She wanted him to fill up the gas tank mm-hmm. every time that he drove the car. Mm-hmm. To him, that was completely irrational. It's her car. <laughs> She should be filling up the gas tank. It has nothing to do with going to fill up the gas tank. And so, you know, they went to a counselor, they went back and forth and talked about it. And at the end of the day, and this is my point, Chris, a lot of times we're going to come and because we're just at different places in our life and different experiences, we're going to have to agree to disagree on some things. And even if a relationship has even 80% of things we agree on and 20% we just agree to disagree, that's a healthy, great relationship. Hmm. No problem. There's grace. There's enough grace in that, you know, for us in in the 80-20 principle. So in that 20%, are we able to create boundaries so that, for example, with my friends that, that are married now, which they still do this to this day, is they um, he goes and he thinks it's irrational, but he goes and fills up the tank. Why? Well, is it because he actually feels like it's the right thing to do or he owes it? No, but it's because at the end of the day, when they agree to disagree, she feels it's rational, he feels it's not. They just look at on a contractual basis and they say, let's just fill it up so we don't have to fight anymore and we can kind mm-hmm. of build onto the 80% and more than focus on the 20%. And mm-hmm. it just moves us along into a greater level of cooperation. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen this happen at, at all levels um, of, of marriage and, and friendship and relationship is let's just define what the solution is. And even if we both don't mutually agree upon it, we can at least buy into the contract of it to help us move to the next step of connection. That's good. That's really good. All right, podcast listeners, let's do a little review today because we've talked about a lot of really good things with peacemaking. And that's what our topic today was peacemaking. And we saw that that's what the scriptures are telling us to do, that it's part of our identity. We're actually peacemakers. Mm-hmm. Can you see yourself as a peacemaker? In fact, on the count yeah. of three, while you're driving or whatever you're doing, I'm, you have to say it out loud no matter where you're at. You're just going to say, I'm a peacemaker. peacemaker. All right, we're just going to say that on three. One, mm-hmm. two, three. I'm a peacemaker. Peace yeah, it's yeah. who it's part of who you are. Wong's work hard. Mm-hmm. Armfields uh, pull arms out of fields. I don't know. We don't, <laughs> we don't have a statement. I got to get one. But uh, listen, we we really you know we get to partner with Christ to That's be peacemakers. Right. And everybody you know uh, Miss America used to say it was a famous line like what do, what do you wish for? And world peace was the thing. Mm-hmm. And we we actually get to be. The That's agents right. of that—it's wow. amazing. It's amazing. So, so cool. uh, one of the things we also talked about was uh, there's a truth to trust or a principle, and we just m- mentioned to say this: wherever you find a problem, you're also going to have God's presence, and with God's presence, there comes a peaceful solution. Mm-hmm. It's real simple. Wherever there's a problem, God's presence can be found, and with His presence, there'll be a peaceful solution. That's, That's a, a good pr- promise. It, it's oh, it's so rich. I mean, because mm-hmm. I've been in turmoil and I've I've forgotten that for sure, I've forgotten it. But when that happens, fear doesn't have a place anymore, and anxiety leaves. So, it's pretty exciting. And uh, you gave us some really helpful how tos. So the how tos seem to flow through the reality of define the problem, clearly define the problem, cast vision for a solution, and you know maybe the guardrails or. Asking questions and believing gospel rather mm-hmm. than assumption or suspicion. saying suspicion, really mm-hmm. good. And then just define the relationship. Um, and, and I think, you know, I really want to just encourage you, podcast listener, everybody's important. Mm-hmm. I know they might not feel that way to you, but they're important to God. Uh, you are important enough for God to send His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for. So relationships and, and making peace with one another, is it's worth it. I promise it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Oliver, why don't you just give our podcast listeners one last word of encouragement? 
Well, I just love being on podcast here with you, Chris, and talking about God's Word and applying it to life. It really is the foundation when Jesus says that the wise man builds his house on the rock. Mm. This is the foundation that allows healthy families to thrive. We've seen too many dysfunctional families, families that are even still under the same household and not broken by divorce Mm. or other things like that, but it's just so dysfunctional and, and, and... and it's not because we don't have the right skills necessarily or not because we're not smart or rational people, but it's because we're missing Christ. It just talks about yeah. in, in Philippians as a reminder, it's it's the source is Christ. It's being harmonized with Christ. And yeah. so we just see just another reason on another podcast how it always comes back to Christ. Right. And that is one thing that makes this podcast different than other equipping podcasts. Um, Christ is at the center of all That's this. Right. And so whether you're a band, musician, athlete, a business owner, coworker, familial, whatever situation you're in, these principles and truths can be trusted, and um, if you've been encouraged by this today, we would just love for you to share it with somebody, just like sweet old Michaela did. <laughs> Thanks, um, Michaela. Try again, and make sure you choose what image you're going to post, because it'll grab anything on that website, but we'd love for you to post yeah. this on any kind of social media. You can also text to someone or email them if maybe they're not on social media, and help them find this link. And I will let you know now, one of the most effective ways that you can help other people discover this podcast is by leaving us feedback on the iTunes podcast page because it is officially up now. Many of you have written us an email. Would you go ahead and head to the iTunes page, give us a a happy five-star review, and that'll actually help more people find this podcast. Hey, that's right. much love, drive safe, enjoy your day. Go Tigers. Adios. 2017. Woo!